everyone, welcome to Her Journey Podcast, where we talk with incredible, talented, and powerful women about their experiences. My name is Aline, and I'm your host, and today I'm joined with Jessica, the RSVP Director at LA Works. All right, yeah, so just to start off the episode, I would love to give you the chance to introduce yourself a bit more and just tell us a little more about the work you do or have done. Hi. So yes, my name is Jessica. I am uh, from California, born and raised mostly um, in Northern California, but I've actually lived in Southern California for almost half my life now. (laughs) Um, And so I actually started um, the work that I do currently is nonprofit. Um, I went to school at Mount St. Mary's University, which is a Catholic um, traditionally all women's university, and they're very big on community service. So that was something um, that actually was really encouraged while we were students, not just, you know, as part of like um, extracurricular stuff, but it was really like they really honed it in on us. And so it was very important. And um, it was really nice to have the sisters on campus and be able to volunteer alongside them and the classes that they found dear to them. And so uh, I guess going to school there really opened my eyes to that. And um, after college, I worked um, on campus for a few years. And then I, it's a beautiful campus. If anyone's ever been to Mount St. Mary's campus, their Brentwood campus is gorgeous. You see the Santa Monica Mountains, Um, but it's a very affluent area. And so I was stuck in a bubble for a while. Um, And I wanted to really explore the rest of L.A. um, because I had been there probably at this point six years in L.A. And I didn't really know much outside of West L.A. So I that was my mindset when I started searching for jobs and I came across L.A. Works. And um, the opportunity was to help start a new um, what is it called program Um, and. It's just been amazing because I've met so many nonprofits that I get to partner with in all the different neighborhoods throughout Los Angeles. And I think that's why I've stayed there for so long. I've uh, seven years now because I just love learning all the identities, all the needs, all of the ways that people are coming together to address those needs in the community. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And you kind of talked a little bit about Um, kind of how you grew up kind of in that um, sort of setting where community service was a really big part of your life as it was. And so I guess a great starting point um, for today's podcast would be maybe for you to expand on your story of your childhood and sort of the environment that you grew up in and how you think it really shaped and influenced who you are today um, and some of those more specific values that you have. Oh, absolutely. Um, I grew up in a really big family. I'm Mexican-American. My parents uh, were both born in Mexico. And so on my dad's side, he has, um, he's the youngest of 10 siblings. And on my mom's side, um, she's the second oldest of 11 siblings. So I grew up with all my cousins on my mom's side. And it was really nice. Um, I think going back, you know, um, as a child, you don't really know what you don't have. So for me, I think about it as a fond memory um, because uh, I grew up in the same neighborhood as like all of my cousins. And I remember just driving my bike to my aunt's house and my grandma's house and my uncle's house and playing with my cousins. Um, But in reality, well, in retrospect, I grew up in the projects when I was younger. 
And um, and in addition to all the happy moments, you know, being able to play with my cousins and see my family all the time. I remember like we weren't allowed to go outside, you know, once it got dark, mm -hmm. uh, we weren't encouraged to look outside of our windows <laughs> uh, because, you know, people were ODing outside my window mm -hmm. and there was a lot of robberies happening. So, um, but, you know, as a, as a child, you don't really know uh, that it's scary because my parents did a really good job um, in, in playing games about it, you know, so like when we would hear the sirens, at night, uh, there's this uh, story, uh, I think in um, Hispanic culture um, called the Llorona, which is a story of this lady who is crying because her kids are no longer with her. And so when we would hear the sirens, they would say, oh, it's just, it's the Llorona looking for her kids. And we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we would make a game out of it. Um, so yeah, I grew up in the projects, but, um, and I think I was faintly aware of how bad the situation was, but because I had such a big family and my parents just kind of made a game out of it, I didn't see, I didn't realize how bad it was until maybe I was older. Mm -hmm. But yeah, my parents, uh, you know, uh, they both are Mexican immigrants. They worked in the fields up until I think I was in high school. And luckily they were able to raise enough money to buy a house in the nicer part of Stockton where I grew up. And so after, um, I'd say from like middle school to high school, um, it was it was a lot better. It was a lot different. But because of that, I've always been very big on um, just uh, making sure that I don't oversee people. I feel like a lot of people who have um, jobs that are like especially service related jobs, Sometimes you overlook like the janitor, for instance, or whoever's serving your food. And so for me, it's a very big deal to acknowledge those people as human beings because I see my family in every one of those. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. I think that's such a beautiful story to share. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think that's so important to hear as well. Um, but it's great that, you know, you were kind of able to learn from that experience as a whole. Um, and so... Yeah, I, I also know that you are a first-generation college graduate, which is super incredible. Um, and so I guess I would love to hear a little more also about your motivation behind really taking advantage of the academic resources and opportunities available to you, um, in addition to kind of what you talked about before, those values that you had, and I guess just attending college as a whole. Absolutely. You know, um, one of the, it was almost like a joke in my house when we would misbehave, me and my siblings. Um, I'm the oldest of five, by the way. So when we would misbehave, uh, my parents would say, if you guys aren't behaving well, I'm going to take you guys to work in the fields, like almost as punishment. And so I kind of grew up with like, oh, no, I, what I don't want to do is work in the fields because I would see them come home, you know, really tired. It's incredibly like difficult work to work in the fields. You're outside for hours, you're in the sun, you're, you know, you're hunched on your back. And so I saw my parents coming home like that. And I was like, that's not what I want to do. So that was my encouragement to um, do well in school, because I was like, I need an office job that, you know, it's going to have AC and I'm like, not going to have to work like physically hard. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was almost like a joke, I think, growing up, you know, like they would use it as a scare tactic, but it really worked for me um, <laughs> because it encouraged me to do well in school. Um, so, you know, luckily when my parents were able to buy a house um, in outside of the projects, I had 
an amazing teacher. I really, two amazing teachers in middle school who really um, pushed me to do well. And I, I took advantage of that. And then when I um, was in high school, I joined this program called AVID, which stands for Advanced Via Individual Determination. And it's almost like a cohort because you they um, they typically recruit you in middle school, but you start in high school and it's all four years. And you meet with the same people in your class and your same teacher like all four years. And the purpose of it is to make sure that you're doing that you're signing up for all the classes that you need in order to meet like all the UC and Cal State requirements. And um, and in addition to that, like make sure you take your SATs, your AC, your ACT, um, that you're doing the practice once and you're uh, applying for colleges. They help you with your personal statements, with campus visits, like the works. So that for me was instrumental in just in it being more like it'd be nice to go to college to like it's going to become a reality because I have all of the support. Mm-hmm. And so um and in my senior and my high school and my senior and my junior years in high school, I made sure to be a tutor for those students. Um, and yeah, it's been something that's really important. I encourage all my siblings to take advantage of that, when, you know, when they were in high school as well. And yeah, I just, I really love that program. I feel it's amazing. And I know not every school has AVID, but there are similar programs like it. So if you have it in your high school, definitely take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that sounds super cool. Um, like a def- definitely a cool program. And I think it's really great that you had that support along your educational journey. Um, I think that's super important and kind of acts as a motivation sometimes as well. So I think that's really cool. And I know that you are also currently involved with a lot of projects revolving around um, this idea of social change, such as your role with LA Works. And so I would love to hear about kind of what inspired you most to dedicate so much of your time toward creating this positive change. Absolutely. Um, So first of all, um, LA Works, we just celebrated our 30th anniversary. So that was really exciting. Um, And we kicked it off with doing like 30,000 meals in 30 days. And our volunteers like over went over that goal by like 10,000 more meals. So that was pretty amazing. But the reason um, LA Works specifically, um, we um, are the largest volunteer network for um, Los Angeles. And there's so many programs that we have, but the one I specifically run is the RSEP program, which stands for Retired and Senior Volunteer Program. It's a national federally funded program throughout the United States um, aimed at Um, engaging adults age 55 and over in volunteerism. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was um, when I first heard about this opportunity, it was really near and dear to my heart because I was very close to my grandmother when I was growing up. And unfortunately, I lost her at a young age when I was 12. Um, But growing up, I've seen how um, I think at least in, in my culture and in, in my family, um, we really hold um, our elders like with a lot of um, respect and regard. And um, I've noticed that's not always the case in, in other cultures. And it always kind of broke my heart a little bit, you know, like sometimes people don't see their grandparents forever. They live in different states. Um, and they tend to be, for the most part, really lonely and isolated. 
And I was really wanted to help change that. And this program gave me the opportunity, you know, to say, hey, so you maybe, so this is an opportunity for you to get involved in your community and make a difference and build programs so that these, uh, you know, this group of people feel like they're making a difference and that they're, uh, they still matter, right? Mm-hmm. And so that has really been my driving force for staying here so long because you know throughout these seven years I've heard so many stories from volunteers you know Um, some of them unfortunately are you know um, forced into retirement but they have all these amazing skills you know maybe they've done marketing for 30 years as their career and now they want to still be able to use that to help a nonprofit who maybe can't afford to pay you know, somebody to provide those services, but they're like, hey, I have these skills and I can help you guys. And I think that's amazing. Um, And not just that, you know, sometimes they're just lonely. They might uh, be empty nesters. They might be widowed. And so, um, so that's, you know, that's a really great resource. And, And now we're adding COVID right now, in addition to maybe they do have a spouse at home, but they've been isolated because they were they've been forced to stay at home. So how do you um, kind of pivot our programming to make sure we address their needs um, while they're safe at home, but they're still being active in the community? So um, so I found that to be challenging, but exciting in being able to kind of pivot and see how we can make a difference and how we can continue to help and serve them. Um, but in addition to the program that I serve personally, LA Works does so much. And one of the reasons I've stayed for so long is because they are really good at just empowering you to take on whatever you want, um, which is something that's very different from any other place I've worked at. At other places, it's you have a very specific role and you kind of stick with that. But here they really encourage you to explore whatever you like. So for instance, we have an annual Martin Luther King Day of Service and uh, one year we did it on um, on um, on addressing inequities mm-hmm. in society, and I was able to just run with the wage gap, which is something I'm very passionate about <laughs> um, because it's a very real problem. Um, but especially for women of color, you know, which I obviously am a woman of color, and I just feel it's so unfair. So just being able to have the opportunity to educate the public on it not, you know, and how it affects women in general, but also even deeper women of color and what they can do now to help address that, you know. So for this particular opportunity, we did a book drive uh, and we select, we worked with libraries across Los Angeles um, who helped us get books that were really encouraging to young women and girls. And then we had the volunteers write like letters of advice and encouragement on like, what were some bumps that helped them along the way? You know, like why were they, how were they able to go to college? What was their experience? And we distributed those to nonprofits serving um, women and girls throughout LA. And it was just something I was like super excited to be able to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that sounds really, really incredible. Um, yeah, definitely sounds like an incredible organization that you're working with. And you talked a lot about kind of those projects that you've done, um, that you were heavily involved in, some with causes that you that are especially meaningful to you. And so I think it'd be pretty cool to kind of hear more about some of your favorite parts or even favorite stories or moments from working with this organization and the people that are involved. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. One of um, one of my favorite um, parts about working specifically with RSCP is I honestly feel like <laughs> it's going to sound cheesy. I feel like I have a, a network of grandparents, right? Like I told you, um, my grandmother passed away when I was pretty young. I never met my grandparents on my father's side because they died before I was born. Um, and so um, having um, been able to serve this population and, you know, obviously throughout the years we develop, you know, we know each other and we have a, a relationship and it's really beautiful. Like we have this volunteer who she loves to cook and she loves to garden. And, you know, before the pandemic, it was not unlikely for her to come in once a month and feed the entire staff. And so we would joke that she was like our unofficial grandma of LA work because she would come in with like trays of lasagna um, and she would like, you know, make the pasta, the sauce from scratch because she would like grow all her vegetables in her garden and she loves to bake and she'd make us dozens of cookies and, and it's just really beautiful, you know, um, throughout these seven years I've gotten married, I'm, I'm, I've had a first baby, I'm having a second baby right now. And it's just so cute to just have them be like, oh, how is your wedding? How is your honeymoon? How is your baby? And, you know, they're just really invested and it's just, it's really endearing. Um, I feel like it's a different, it's a different, um, I guess in a way they're almost like clients, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if I were to work anywhere else and have other clients, it wouldn't ever be, I think, to this kind of like relationship that I've built with them. And it's been really nice. Um, since I've been here for seven years, I've moved my way up position wise. And so sometimes, you know, my jobs have changed. And so before I was a lot more hands-on with the volunteers and you know um, as I've taken on more responsibilities I've had to be a little less hands-on um, but it's been very endearing to have some volunteers like who refuse to work with like the other person they're like I need to work with Jessica like you know <laughs> and so it makes the new person's job a little bit harder but it's also like oh you know they really care um, so that's been really nice um, but uh, so those are some of the stories and, you know, and, and also throughout this time, we, we have lost, you know, some volunteers, which is really sad because this is an older population, you know, mm -hmm. um, but it's just really beautiful to see, like, like, for instance, we had this volunteer named Dory who was like 98 years old and she was volunteering like 40 hours a week, like basically a full-time job at a senior center um, and she was their volunteer coordinator and she was just like the cutest person because she would like, she had like amazing memory. She would remember my name all the time. And she was just so cute. And like up until like, I think a month before, you know, she passed away, she was volunteering. She was very active. She was telling me about the trips she was taking with her daughters to San Francisco. And I just think that's amazing. And, and I really honestly feel that us helping her and other volunteers be more active for longer really does help, you know, their social and physical well-being, And um, I think that makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so wonderful that the community you have at LA Works is so tight knit and that you just have such passionate volunteers um, kind of everywhere you go in all these different sections. So I think that's so amazing. And it's obvious that you know, um, caring for people, having empathy for people, and just creating this social change is very important to you and meaningful to you. 
And I know you actually have a few different projects and other channels for creating this change. Um, for example, I know you kind of serve your community also through things like social entrepreneurship or political engagement, um, many other public service initiatives. And so I think it would also be pretty cool to kind of hear about those as well. Yes. Um, absolutely. Um, I do have to say, though, RCP specifically, which I help run, um, we're not allowed to uh, participate in any um, political things whatsoever because we are a federally funded program. Mm-hmm. Um, LA Works in general is able, has, has a little bit more liberty because not all of the programs within LA Works are uh, federally funded. Um, but one thing we are able to do um, is, you know, help people. Um, is advocate towards a specific cause, um, but not specifically say what we're for or against (laughs) specifically, Mm -hmm. Um, and just help people register, which has been um, really amazing. It's super important to just get people to go out and register. And um, these volunteers are like super dedicated. Um, It's typically um, events that LA Works is running that our RSVP volunteers will find. Um, you know, because we're not specifically organizing them ourselves with an RSVP. Um, but it's been really amazing to have our volunteers be so involved in that. And, you know, if you've ever worked at a poll, it, like it's not like even sometimes an eight hour shift. It could be like a 16 hour shift. Mm-hmm. And they're there like with smiles on their faces, you know, um, handing out waters. Um, really encouraging people. Um, I know uh, recently throughout... Um, all the protests and the walks um, for Black Lives Matter. They were out there handing out waters. Um, I I was on maternity leave at that time, but I saw lots of pictures and, and I got lots of emails about it. And I just thought it was like really beautiful, you know, um, to be able to come together and, and do that. Um, so I'm really proud of them. And I, I love, they, I think, especially as you get older, you're very passionate about what you believe in. Um, So I definitely hear a lot of opinions about that. um, And I love it. Um, As far as entrepreneurship um, or uh, job readiness specifically. um, So that's one of our uh, primary focus areas for our grant is um, job readiness. And um, we work with a lot of, uh, we work with a lot of programs similar to AVID, like I was mentioning before, but like programs that are in high school that are really encouraging students to um, to go to school. Um, so what we're able to do is, I love because it's intergenerational. So, you know, we have our RSVP volunteers that are age 55 and older um, with high school students, and they're meeting with them to go over their resumes, to um, do um, mock interviews, to... Um, we even had one where it was uh, just um, just talking, just like meeting with them. And it's like having people give their elevator pitch because they feel like that's a lot. Uh, even I need practice with that sometimes. But especially when you, you know, when you're like 18 years old and you've never had to introduce yourself or talk about what you do. Um, so just networking in general and how to do it professionally. Um, to um, going over like their essays. Um, So that's been really amazing to see that. And in addition to working with high school students, we also work with um, populations who are returning to the workforce for various reasons. Um, We have people who uh, 
have been formerly homeless and now they're looking to get back on their feet and get a job and um, people who maybe were um, are going through rehabilitation and um, are also trying to get back on their feet. Um, and I think those are those opportunities are the ones that our volunteers like really, really love, you know, because you get you get the kids right like you a lot of people love like they're like, oh, these kids have a bright future and I loved being able to talk to them and give them my advice. But then you also have, you know, the people who are going through rehabilitation and they love that, too, because they're like, it's been amazing to see them turn their life around. You know, like maybe three years ago they were, you know, out on the streets, you know, um, dealing with, you know, um, addiction issues. And here they are now. I'm working with them every week. They're super dedicated. And they'll even email me and tell me, oh, I'm so glad so-and-so got a job. You know, I've been working with him night and day, and I'm just really proud. And so it's just really nice. I think also, like, instant gratification to see, like, that their skills and their experience is paying off and, like, really making a difference. And sometimes it almost seems like, you know, life and death because you're giving these people another opportunity to get back on their feet and, you know, and get a job and provide for themselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's once again, so incredible that, you know, the volunteers you have are so motivated to continue helping these uh, different people. And even the people that you help are so motivated to, you know, get better and get the support. And so I guess my next question for you would be, what would you say motivates you to most continue um, serving your community, whether that's through LA Works or any of the other ways that you do get involved in service? Absolutely. Um, Well, one of the things um, that's very big for me, I think in general, is just like paying it forward or that concept. And so um, that's why I love that in this particular area, I can do so many different things, right? Like, Um, I love um, the AVID program that I was a part of. And then I feel like in us helping high school students um, get the support they need in a way is me being able to do that, even though I'm not directly a volunteer, I'm helping build out that program. And, you know, opportunities like addressing and advocating for the wage gap, um, you know, not for, but against it (laughs) to improve it. Um, You know, um, that gives me opportunity there. Um, And then also, um, I forgot to mention, but um, a few years ago, two years ago, I was part of um, the CUP program, which is um, Council for Urban um, Professionals. It started in New York, and I was part of like the founding chapter in Los Angeles in 2018. Um, And it's really dedicated to um, bringing together young professionals who are, you know, pretty young in their careers and um, bringing them with like you get a mentor um, and you get a group of amazing people. It's it's a mix of nonprofit and business um, people, which I think is great because nonprofit people people are always like we need support from people who have money, which, you know, is the businesses and a lot of businesses sometimes, you know, want to give back as a, as a company. And so um, it's been really great to meet with those amazing individuals and collaborate. Um, but yeah, so like I mentioned, one of the things I'm really passionate about is just um, uh, advancing like women and girls in general. And whether it is, uh, you know, education or addressing the wage gap or just like their rights 
Um, so any opportunity that I have to explore that a little bit further, I really jump on it. And if I were ever to leave LA Works, it would probably be to pursue something, you know, where I get to do that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that's once again, so amazing. And I love that there's this focus, especially on collaboration so that you can all kind of pitch in to create this change, whether that's, like you said, addressing the wage gap or addressing inequality. So yeah, I absolutely think that's amazing. And I guess um, my next question then would be, what would you say that throughout your life, whether that's early on in your life or even in any of the social impact work you currently do, um, would you say there have been any challenges or obstacles of any kind that you've faced or are especially proud of overcoming and maybe any um, really important lessons that you personally have learned yourself that might be valuable for um, just young women out there hoping to also change the status quo? Um, yeah, um, I think one of the biggest things for me was just, um, I, I was it just, you just have to be determined and you have to be focused in what you want. Um, and that's, that can be a little vague. And I say that because I've, I've been focused in some ways and, and not others. Like, uh, so for instance, I always knew I wanted to go to school. I always knew, um, I, I wanted to get my degree. Um, what I didn't know is what in I actually changed my, um, I changed my major a few times. And that's super common. So it's okay if you don't know what you want to do right away. But I actually started school um, wanting to do pre-med. And then I decided I hated pre-med. <laughs> I was like, I hate chemistry. Why am I going into medicine? Um, so I was undecided for a while. And finally, um, I literally sat down with my counselor and they were like, you're good at English. Just get your BA in English so you can finish in four years before your financial aid runs out. And then you can get your master's in anything else. And so I did it. And it was always hard to explain to people why I have a BA in English when I'm not like trying to be a journalist or a teacher or go into law. Mm -hmm. um, but the point is, is I was very adamant about going. And so I found, I found a way, right? So I remember um, I had to, um, you know, my parents, you know, are both immigrants and my dad didn't speak any, any English. And so like when I was doing my FAFSA, I had to do their FAFSA for them, you know, like the, traditionally the parents have to log in and do their part. Um, but I was the one doing everything because I was just not going to let anything stop me from going to college and doing what I wanted. And then um, when I did uh, go to, I had to fight them to go to Los Angeles. It's a five hour drive from where I'm from. Um, but I was determined that that's where I wanted to go. Um, and I was lucky, you know, that they eventually gave in, but I was very persistent. Um, and then when I changed my major, they were like, okay, well, if you're not doing medicine anymore, you need to come home. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to get another job and get more financial aid, but I'm going to finish what I started. And so I was just, um, I just had a goal in mind. I didn't know exactly where it was going to end, but I knew how I wanted to get there. And so I think that's what really helped me because I think at any stage I could have been like, well, you know, you're right. I should just go home and maybe I'll do a JC and maybe we'll finish. Um, but I was very scared um, of, of quitting or taking a break because then I was like, well, what if I'm not able to finish? And so um, so I feel like just having that determination and really believing in yourself, even when you're not really sure sometimes. Um, and 
And most importantly is surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded because um, there are definitely times when I wasn't sure what was happening and I wanted to quit. And I had that support system who's like, okay, we'll figure it out. Like, what do you need? Like, where are you? Um, and those could be friends. Those could be organizations that you're a part of. Um, those could be mentors. Um, but really, if you find someone who who's like-minded and, and wants to do what you're do like definitely stick around you know um my mom used to say you know like there's the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and I, I definitely have seen that quite a bit like my siblings sometimes um so it really does make a difference like you know um who you're hanging out with um but really just make sure that they have the same goals as you so that they they raise you up because you really need that sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah definitely I think it's amazing that you stay determined throughout all of that and you know, found some people in your life to kind of give you that support that you needed. Um, and I think that's super helpful to hear for really anyone as well. So thank you so much for sharing. And I guess just to kind of close off for today, I would love to hear about any future plans or goals you might have for both your personal life or also your work with LA Works. Yeah, well, right now for LA Works, um, I'm very, we're, first of all, we've grown so much and it's a very exciting time. When I started seven years ago, there were four full time employees um, literally doing all the things because there was just four people. So we were HR, we were like tech support, you know, we were all the things. Um, mm -hmm. And now we have a group of like 27 staff, which is like incredible when you think we started with four people. Um, and it's just been so amazing um, to know, you know, we used to do all the things and so now it's like, oh, we have someone who does communications now and someone who does HR. So we don't have to do all that. <laughs> so that's been exciting in general. But also, obviously, um, with people dedicated to certain things, we've been able to really expand on things that we're maybe dabbling into, but didn't have the capacity to really dig into. And one of those um, has been advocacy. Lately, we've been able to just really um, educate people on the causes that they're volunteering towards because, you know, we're very good at activating volunteers and sending them to nonprofits for specific causes. Um, but what's more important, we believe, is making sure that they understand why what they're doing is important in general and every day, not just today. You know, um, it, we're going through the holidays right now and um, people, t it's our biggest uh, time for volunteerism right now. A lot of people really, really want to give back during the holidays because I think it's a good time for people to reflect and say, hey, you know, we're so lucky that we have all of this and we want to share some of that with people who are less fortunate. And that's amazing. But people are going through stuff all year long. <laughs> you know, they need support all the time, not just on Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so um, I think what's been super important and helpful is educating people on like maybe why do some people become homeless? Because, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, have a lot of misconceptions about it. But if we really educate the people um, as to why that happens, you know, like, uh, you know, because of COVID even has impacted so many people in different ways, like, education-wise, um, obviously, um, people who are struggling economically. Um, so being able to educate people on why these people are going through a hard time in general, I think really helps them humanize them and helps other people say, hey, that could be me one day, and maybe I want to make a difference 
because of that or that ha that was me before. Um, and so what can I do now to make a difference? And I really love that. Um, it's a lot more work, but it's like really great work because, you know, you get to really dig into the issues and educate people and you see like those little light bulbs turning on and then you see them become even more engaged outside of just like one day of service. So mm -hmm. I really love that we're going in that direction as an organization. Um, personally, um, like I mentioned, I'm about to have my second baby. <laughs> um, so that's really exciting, but also scary, right? Because I, I, I actually had my first baby like a month into the, pen, uh, the COVID pandemic. And I'm like, this is still not over. <laughs> so it's, it's exciting um, because I get to still be home. I've been home since like March of 2020. So in a way, it's, it's been very nice to um, have that extra time uh, with my baby. Um, and I might still be able to have that extra time with this next baby, depending on how things continue. Um, but yeah, I'm just very excited. Um, and I think especially my first baby is a girl. So that also is more like, like I'm always just more like girl power. And I'm also the oldest of five, but we're four of us are girls. So <laughs> that tells you something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that sounds really exciting. And I also really love kind of what you're doing with LA Works as a whole. Um, I love that you're kind of tackling all these different types of social issues and social causes. And I think it's amazing that you're kind of promoting, um, you know, further volunteer engagement through education. So I absolutely love that. And yeah, I guess, do you have any last pieces of advice maybe for youth or specifically young women who are hoping to get involved with service and leadership like you are? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say just start somewhere, honestly, even just volunteering. Um, if you find a cause that you really love, like just go there, you know, um, you'll be amazed at the opportunities either that you meet with people who are volunteering alongside you and are just as passionate about whatever it is that you're into, um, or obviously the people at the organization. And that could lead to amazing friendships. It could lead to mentorships. It could lead to a job opportunity. You know, we actually, we hire a lot of our volunteers. We almost joke, uh, you know, if you're an amazing volunteer, we're like, how can we, how can we keep you? And um, I think that's also one of the things that I really encourage um, when we go, when we speak to high school students and they're not really sure what they want to do, or especially if you're trying to get job experience, you know, if you're straight out of college or if you're a high school student, you're not going to have like years of experience in something, but volunteering is a great way to get that. Um, it's a great way to also just uh, see, go in, into different areas and see what it is that you want to do. Um, and even if it doesn't lead to something you want to do professionally, you definitely uh, need something that's like your passion project. And I think you, it's a great way to find it there as well. Awesome. Yeah, really good advice. So thank you so much again. And yeah, before we end, feel free to just shout out any platforms or social media you'd like to direct the audience to as well. Yes, absolutely. Please follow at LA Works Now. Um, and if you're in the Los Angeles area, feel free to volunteer. But even if you're not, um, we have so many virtual opportunities at this time. So you can really volunteer from anywhere. Um, and um, at CUP, you, you, uh, I have to double check. I think it's CUP USA um, for, yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, um, and 
I think if you if you go to that organization, like LA Works Now, and it'll typically, I think like on Instagram or Facebook, show you similar similar organizations doing great work, like check all of those out. Um, I think they just do amazing work. And yeah, you can't go wrong. Perfect. Yeah, thank you so much. And you know, thank you again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be a guest today and talk with me. Um, you know, I really love learning about you and Allie Works. And so, yeah, I wish you all the luck with your future endeavors. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.